Hello, and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Before we begin, a few quick reminders. Never miss an episode of Block Talk by subscribing on iTunes or SoundCloud today. And visit us at patreon.com slash theater in the now to become a patron of the website. By becoming a patron, you'll receive some incredible perks, including getting to ask our guests a question. And as always, follow us on Twitter and visit theaterinthenow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. Here today with Emily Owens and Hollis James to talk about their show, Kyle. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. I'm very excited to talk about the show and to learn about the theatrical side of everything. And let's just jump right into it. Um, do you want to give a little pitch about the show and t- so everyone can learn where to find the show and all the details about it? Sure. Um, so our theater company is called Hot Tramp Productions. Uh, and Kyle is going to be a co-production with Virginia York at Horse Trade. Uh, we're at Under St. Mark's, March 9th through 25th. It's Thursday through Saturday at 7.30. Uh, and the play is based on Hollis's own experiences with drug addiction and overcoming it. And, yeah. uh, it, it is a comedy, though. We it's a comedy. That clear. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cocaine comedy. It's a cocaine comedy, yeah. A dark comedy, if you will. But it's actually very funny, we believe. Um, and yeah, I think uh, the, the main thing about it is that I, I'm a comedy writer, so everything I write is kind of written through that prism and I don't think I could have written Kyle if I didn't make it a comedy because it was you know something so serious and I I thought uh but certain certain scenes you know obviously have to be pretty gritty absolutely but as a whole I think it's it's kind of a really fun comedy given the subject matter yeah yeah and the the soundtrack is very like punk rock oh fun yeah and uh most of the the songs that we picked have to do with drug addiction or cocaine yeah Well, we'll dive into it in more detail in a little bit, but let's do a little background and learn a little bit about you both. So where are you guys from? You know, I always have trouble answering that question because I moved around so much when I was a kid. Um, I've actually lived in New York longer than I lived anywhere else. All right, so call New York home. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Um, But I was born in Texas, and I mostly grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. A brief stint in Des Moines, Iowa. (laughs) Uh, But I've been here for the past 13 years. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm born and bred New York. All right. So uh, yeah, I'm a Queens kid, and so I moved to Manhattan maybe 20 years ago, and I've been here ever since, aside from one year that I spent in LA. Um, so yeah, we're both local. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you get into the theatrical and writing scene? You know, I've been involved in theater in one form of or another since I was like four. Um, my my parents put me in acting classes when I was four because they were worried I was too shy, uh, and I kind of just got hooked. Um, and I originally moved to New York to do to do acting, and then I kind of fell into doing PR and marketing. Um, and so this is kind of a return to the creative side of things for me. Nice. And uh, I've always been a writer, and my I started in screenwriting, and then I got into publishing, and I I ran a couple of magazines for a while. And then my, uh, I have a writing partner, Ted Alexandro, who's a, a comedian, and he and I have a web series together. And we've been working on comedy projects together for about 15 or 20 years since college. And so, 
yeah, Kyle is the first uh, stage thing that I've written. Um, so, yeah, but I've been a writer kind of all my life. Nice. So a lot of people may not know a lot of the origin of Theater in the Now, but I started Theater in the Now almost now six years ago, and I wanted to make it like the Perez Hilton for theater. That died like two weeks ago. Um, so like I started um, working with the company, um, and was like, they need to do a little more publicity. I did two interviews with a friend. And then my good friend, Philip Gates, had a fringe show that summer, and was like, would you be willing to write a review? At that point, I had never written a review besides <laughs> like in school, and it was, I was like, sure, mm. it's not going to mean anything. I have a website, and no one, really, no one knows it, so whatever. <laughs> so I do an interview with him. I do a review of the show, and he's like, well, I will give you your information to my press rep, Emily Owens. <laughs> nice. and Pretty damn good press yeah. rep, I've got to say. You invited me to more shows, and I started doing more, and then it snowballed from there. And I guess we could say the moral of the story is the reason why Theater in the Now really exists isn't because of Emily. Uh. It really started with you putting me on that list and people trusting me, in a way. Um or That's hating awesome. me or loving me, whatever it is. I will take full responsibility yeah. for theater in the now. So basically all the guys on this couch pretty much owe Emily yes. a lot. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, but I bring up that story because um, I do the Spotlight On feature. And it literally has been the same question since I started six years ago. And the first question um, after like the little bio part of it is, why theater? And I'm very excited to finally ask you that question. Mm. Why theater? You know, I, I've always loved theater, and I feel like storytelling is such an important part of who we are as human beings, like from caveman days telling stories around the campfire. Storytelling is just, it's part of who we are, it's part of how we figure out where we're at, where we're going, uh, why we're here, like all the sort of important questions you ask about the world and the universe and the nature of being human. It, it all goes back to storytelling, and I think theater is the most sort of raw form of that, and especially indie theater because it's so bare bones and right. low budget, and it's like it's really it's about the play, mm -hmm. and it all starts with the play, and that's what storytelling's all about. I'm satisfied with that answer. <laughs> Pretty good answer. Yeah. Uh, so how did you guys meet? Um, we'd actually <laughs> known each other for a few years before mm -hmm. we started dating. Um, we kind of had a few friends in common. Um, he used to DJ at a bar downtown called Beauty Bar, All right. and that used to be a place I'd go dancing with friends mm -hmm. and stuff. So we kind of knew each other for a while, but we were mm -hmm. seeing other people. And, we were always you know, dating other people, yeah, and the timing was never the right. The timing never worked out. Did you make um, song requests? Is that how you said Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I definitely did make a few song requests. Yeah. Do you remember what they were? Uh, I know one of them was like placebo, yeah. and, and you were like, I respect the request, but I don't have any on yeah. me. <laughs> but then like the next time I went, he had some. Oh. Yeah, I was always plotting. Yeah. Uh, I always used to say Emily was the girl I kept under glass <laughs> to break in case of maturity. Uh, so yeah, we we always kind of were missing each other. And, and she kept thinking that like, wow, he's a really intrepid DJ. He's always trying to get people to come to his thing. Yeah, he was, it was always, only just her. He was always inviting me out to yeah. stuff. And I just thought he was being nice. I didn't know he had a crush on me yeah. until he asked me out. And I was like, oh, I guess he does. He does yeah. like me. That's adorable. Um, but yeah. we've been together almost seven years, right. and we've been married for almost two. Mm -hmm. 
That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're creating art together. And now we're creating art yeah. together, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a natural extension, too, because uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine somebody else directing such a personal story for me. So when, as soon as I, I wrote this, kind of, as soon as I had a few scenes, she read them and was like, we, we got to do this. So yeah, let's talk about uh, the genesis of the project and mm -hmm. what made you decide to direct it. How did it all come about? Okay. Um, well, I. it was a period when I was really burnt out because my, my writing partner and I had just pitched our web series. We wrote a pilot for TV and we had just done the rounds pitching everywhere. Sure. And we were kind of burnt out and I was feeling very uh, uninspired. And so Emily suggested that I read a few books on the psychology of writing and the kind of spiritual side mm -hmm. to kind of re-energize myself. And uh, a couple of them mentioned that you should just kind of remember a time when you were inspired about writing and when it was before it was to make money or to put pressure on yourself. And I remembered in college when I would write f scenes for the stage and also I wrote a couple of full uh, shows for the stage and it was just such a fun time and the immediacy of it and the closeness to the audience and I just loved that whole process so I, I started writing a couple of scenes that night I showed them to Emily she was very encouraging I wrote a few more scenes and before I knew it I had a first draft that I wrote very quickly and then it went from like this is really good you should keep writing it to this is really good, we should produce it, to this is so good, we got to get a production company. So <laughs> I think a lot of that was her just trying to build me up confidence-wise to get to the finish line, whether it was good or not. But I think we both believed there was a kernel there in the beginning. Yeah, I think even, even when it was sort of an early incarnation and you only had a few scenes, I could tell there was something there um, and that we need to continue with it. Um, and I, I mentioned sort of offhand to Ziv, who runs Horse Trade, uh, that my husband was writing a play. And his immediate answer was, well, when does he want to put it up? <laughs> so sort of having that support, I was like, okay, yeah. we can. And, and I'd always envision the play at Under St. Mark's mm -hmm. um, okay. because the play, most of the play takes place in a basement apartment. And Under St. Mark's is just perfect. <laughs> it is. It's perfect. So uh, I, could just, I could just envision it there. Um, so... The fact that that Ares was supportive before he mm, even read a draft or anything um, yeah. was really great. What are some of the biggest challenges of bringing Kyle to life? Ah, uh, money is definitely a big <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna lie, that was a big one. Um, yeah, we were figuring very lucky. out. I we it was really important to us to make sure that we paid all of the actors Absolutely. and we paid all of the designers and mm -hmm. um. You know that we didn't uh, skimp on that in yeah. any way. And the the so immediately we had to get an Indiegogo campaign together, mm -hmm. which combines all of our worst fears <laughs> and all of the things we don't like. We don't like hustling and selling and feeling like a salesman. Yeah, so, you asking know? people for money is not yeah, an easy thing. Yeah, and, and but people really were showed us overwhelming love. With yeah, the, the indie theater community in, in general has in been general, really supportive yeah. of. It's wonderful. You know the idea of us even mm -hmm. starting a theater company and I wasn't sure because everybody knows me as you know a press agent how Absolutely. people would feel about me starting a theater company but everybody's been super supportive it's great yeah. yeah um what have you learned from one another as collaborators um, well <laughs> I think the main like uh, you know in the beginning we weren't sure who was for, who was going to direct this 
And yeah. Emily, like, was the natural choice to direct it because she and I shared a vision of the show from the beginning, and she's got a distance I don't have to the material and what's going on stage. And I think the biggest thing was just from our first rehearsal to our second rehearsal, she totally became the director that we needed. It's <laughs> great. And it was wonderful to see. And I'm always at my happiest when she's at her most confident and happy. And so for me, that just put me at ease because I'm like, all right, she's got this. She's driving this train. <laughs> so that really, uh, I knew she could do it, but that was like amazing to see happen because now I don't, I don't worry about anything. Yeah, we had, we had talked about the idea of having him direct it and getting a, another actor to be in it. Um, but uh, we, we didn't really find anybody who was right for Kyle. Yeah. And you had a very, you know, we both had a very specific sort of thing in mind of, of what Kyle sure. needed to be. Yeah. Um, and also just, again, getting back to money, which is such a thing in indie theater, uh, you know, she's not paying herself as a director, and I'm or not paying myself, <laughs> or as a publicist, and I'm not paying myself as an actor. So that was a little more money to gamble with. Yeah, you know, it's totally. kind of playing with house money. So totally. that's another reason why we're wearing so many hats. Yeah, um, and I feel like once we got like Nat Cassidy as Jack, which is essentially the lead role, once we got him confirmed, I think we kind of breathed a sigh of relief. Yeah. Um, but there were a few weeks there where we didn't have a lead, yeah. and that that was a little nerve wracking. Sure. And, and we were, on our walk over here, I was just saying we had such a good night last night because we finally found a couch for our set. <laughs> and I was like, we got our two principal pieces of furniture, Nat Cassidy and a couch. That's all you need. That's really. all you yeah. need. I'll go to, to war with that. To produce an indie theater show That's in New York, it. you need Nat Cassidy and a couch yeah. and you're good. <laughs> so I'm going to ask a pretty loaded question. Hmm. Why this play now? Um, well, when I was... Uh, when I sat down to write, I wasn't sure what was going to come out. And, you know, you always want what you write to have kind of high stakes and to be about something real. And it was just a point in my life where um, I feel subconsciously it was something that I needed to deal with and that I always pushed back. And I think that I've, I've been, uh, you know rid of that sort of lifestyle for long enough now, like 10 years or so, that I think I could really gauge it accurately. Sure. And I'm so happy at this point in my life that there was no threat from dealing with it. So I think that's why it decided it wanted to be written now. Yeah, I think the story decided yeah. the time. I, I don't think for we sure. decided this is the time. <laughs> I think the story decided yeah. this is the time. So I think one of the hardest things in the indie theater scene is getting an audience to come see the work. And how do you get an audience to come? Uh, well, obviously we're doing press. Um, we're, we've set up like a show score member night. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's sort of a built-in audience with, with Horse Trade and Under St. Mark's. There's sort of a built-in audience within the indie theater community. So we're definitely drawing on all of that. We have a cool discount code too yeah we have a discount code five dollars off the discounted code is below b-l-o-w okay. <laughs> all right remind me send that to me later yeah on. oh yeah sure. also. um and you know we have a lot of a lot of friends who are sort of really excited to to see course. this yeah we're hoping word of mouth helps too because yeah. once people see it I, I i'm not sure if they know what to expect from us yet being a new company and a sure. new kind of thing that we're trying to do so I, I think that first week will really 
we'll know how we're going to do the rest of the room. Yeah, for sure. How important is PR to the indie theater scene? I think it's really important. Um, obviously, I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't sure. think it was important. Um, I think, uh, you know, if you do a play and only your mom and your cousin see it, you know, <laughs> is it really worth all the, the time and the energy mm-hmm. and the money? I think, you know, getting as many people to see the work and getting your story out there is, is really important. And I think um, press is one of the, the best ways to do that. So we have, I don't I think you may not be familiar or, familiar or know yet, but we have a Patreon now for Theater of the Now. Um, and one of the perks of being a patron is that um, our patrons will be able to ask our guests questions. So I have a question from one of our patrons. Oh, cool. What? Emily, <laughs> how has being a PR rep influenced directing? Have all the shows you've worked on served as a master class? Um... Yeah, I think the more plays you read and the more shows you see, the more you sort of learn what works and what doesn't. Um, I think my acting background has definitely helped, you know, because I kind of am able to communicate with the actors on an actor level, and I kind of understand how difficult it is to do what they're doing, and I think that definitely helps. Um, And I think just, I don't know that I would ever want to direct a different play. I think I was the right director for this play um, because Hollis wrote it, because I know him so well, because I was in the ground, in on the ground floor of like developing the the play. And I really kind of gave him a lot of feedback early on and we we really kind of developed the play together. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's what makes me the right director for this piece more than anything. What makes theater good? What makes theater good? Um, I think whenever theater makes you feel something, it's good. Um, I know I know a play is good when like the little hairs on the back of my neck stand up. That's <laughs> when I know like something's good. Um, the little hairs know. Yeah, the little hairs know. Mm. <laughs> um, and when I read a script, that's kind of what I'm looking for is for the little hairs on the back of my neck to stand up, and that's that's when I know it's a it's a good. Project. And you've always read scripts before you commit to something. Yeah, which definitely. I think is rare. Yeah. Have you said no to a lot of projects? Uh, PR, yeah, I, I definitely have. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I don't even know if you know, but I, I only rep new work. I won't rep like revivals or anything sure. like that. Um, if you're doing Shakespeare, check off. I'm not the girl for you. <laughs> nope. And, I mean, I have now a rule where I will only see one version of a Shakespeare play per year mm, that's because smart. like I get invited to like 20 Romeo and Juliet's and like yeah. at some point I then have to start comparing them to each other right. and I don't like doing it there's and, only uh, so many times a year you need to see Romeo yeah. and Juliet <laughs> I mean yes it's easy to produce you don't have to ask the rights for the script mm. sure but not everyone's good at doing Shakespeare yeah. so yeah. it's very not in America times. anyway yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what is the most provocative work of theater you've both seen Do you go Dahmer play? No. Um, <laughs> you know, I saw early on, like, when I first moved to New York, I saw a show at MCC, and I don't even remember the name of it. Um, but it was just, it really just kind of hit me where I lived. And I was like, yeah, I made the right decision. I'm in the right place. <laughs> I'm doing the right thing. Like, theater is, is what I care about. Um, I couldn't even tell you what the play was about. <laughs> I don't know who wrote it, but it was just, I remember the experience of being in the theater and feeling something from that play. 
um, that I think will always be with me. Yeah, that's such a good question that I don't even remember specifics of the yeah. play that made me feel that way. I should. But there was a play that made you yeah. feel that way? When when was it? When did you see it? Like a year ago. Like a year ago. Oh, with me? Yeah. I see what was the, what was the play about? I can probably I, figure I it out. No <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. On average, how many shows a week do you see? Um, you know, I'm kind of scaling back a little bit. Um, probably like three. It's not three. bad. Yeah. It's not yeah. bad. <laughs> I saw six this week. Oh, This was yeah. a light week for me. <laughs> um, do you guys have any dream projects or dream collaborators? Um, you know, we've talked about not just doing theater with Hot Tramp, like mm-hmm. maybe doing some sort of a video thing or a podcast thing or, yeah. you know, I think I think we want to open it up to lots of different sort of creative projects. Yeah, I'd like to do something with musicians at some point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is just the first step. We don't even know what's next. Yeah, we don't really Tramp. know what the future uh, holds for Hot Tramp. Yeah. Um, but hopefully good things yeah. and hopefully, hopefully similar things to Kyle because I think... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hollis keeps calling it a charm project because all the pieces <laughs> just keep coming together very easily. Yeah. Um, and I keep being really surprised how well rehearsals are going. It's great. And and just we're in really yeah. good shape for Are you worried are. for some sort of like roadblock? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, I keep knocking wood every yeah. time. But like I, I, I always tell Emily that I learned when I was doing Teacher's Lounge, the video series that I did, just that you've got to stay positive and you've got to keep pumping each other up because there are going to be roadblocks somewhere down the road. So you might as well, like, you know, keep stoking the furnace karmically and kind of keep thinking good thoughts because um, if you don't believe in yourself, then no one else is going to jump on that train, you know? Yeah. I feel like 80% of our work was done when we got the cast in place We're because all we about just casting. We got the perfect Casting's cast. Casting is huge. I mean, if you have the right actor for the right role, the story just lives it comes yeah. out yeah. right yeah, yeah. so and we've I'll... we've got nat cassidy playing jack mm-hmm. uh trisha alexander's playing uh crystal which is jack's girlfriend mm-hmm. and then we have christine renee miller playing reggie who's his uh jack's boss slash best friend and, and then christian polanco who's a comedian playing he plays, three roles. He plays Frenchie and Hector, the drug dealers, and Chad, the telemarketer. Great. Yeah. yeah. Did you do auditions, or were they these offers? We did do auditions. Um, Trish is, is uh, Ted, Ted's sister, yeah, and that's his best partner. friend. Uh, so yeah. we, and we had seen her perform before. And sure. We're really blown away by her. Yeah. Um, and I'd known Nat Cassidy for a few years. Uh, Christine, we got off of auditions. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Christian was actually in Teacher's Lounge. Yeah, with I know him from there. Um, so some of it was was reaching out to friends and people that we already knew and who we felt were were right for the roles. Um, but but we did find Christine from auditions. And how did you pull your design team together? You know, we're doing it very DIY. Uh, okay. We've got Kia Rogers doing the lighting design, mm-hmm. and I knew her from Flux Theater Ensemble. Sure. You reached um, out to her super early. Yeah, I reached out to her like in like November or October. I was like, as long as we have her design team-wise, I think we'll be in good shape. Yeah, and I'm sure she's going to be very limited in what she can do in that space. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, Mark. Well, that's why limiting. she's going to be integral to, yeah. Yeah, to giving it a new look or, For or sure. playing with nuance and stuff. Um, and we're doing sets and costumes ourselves. And Hollis yeah. did all the sound design. You yeah. know, his background as a DJ really kind of yeah. 
helped with that. Um, and I'm really happy with all the all the sound cues and all the music that he's picked. I think oh, it, so it fits perfectly. That's great. So I want we have a fun section now, like less theatrical things. Okay. But what was your favorite survival jobs? Um. Mine was definitely Elf at Macy's. Okay. I was Tensel the Elf at Macy's for a holiday season. Uh, when was that? 2005, maybe? All yeah. Right. 2004. No, it was 2004. It was the first Christmas I was here. So that was definitely my favorite one. <laughs> uh, this is, well, I, I guess I'll say this one. I've had quite a few survival jobs, uh-huh. as all writers have, but... Uh, I think one of my favorites was uh, being Barney at kids' birthday parties Okay. during summers. Um, and not just Barney, but like clowns and Superman. So you're both well-versed in costumes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, it was... Didn't you play was, Aladdin once or twice, too? <laughs> yeah, it was a fickle mistress costume-wise. But uh, I was felt then. I could get into anything. But... Um, yeah, that was, you know, for a summer job, you can do a lot worse yeah, survival. Yeah, for sure. What about the worst survival jobs? Same job. Oh, no. probably waitress. <laughs> Waitresses. I was not a good waitress. No. no. It was terrible. Did you get asked by everybody, are you an actor? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's just assumed if you're waiting tables in New York that you're an I, actor. I don't know why, but my dad thinks it's the best question to ask when he comes to New York to ask like have dinner oh, really? and like the chances are 95% yeah they're he nice. feels like an yeah. insider he does and then he's like well my son does theater I was like stop we're ending uh, this conversation now we're ready to do this that's great he's networking yeah I mean and he works in the food industry so like he thinks oh, he has okay. the right to schmooze that way sure. I love you dad but uh, no it's too <laughs> what is your favorite post show hotspot? Um, you know, there's a new vegan donut place on St. Mark's that I am very much looking forward to okay. hitting during tech. <laughs> Where on St. Mark's? I think it's between first and second. It's called okay, Gunwell so Donuts. Up. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. And when we get I'm into tech. Looking forward week. to going with you. <laughs> I didn't know about this place. Yeah. Yeah, I love, usually before the shows, I like to go to that tea place next to, under St. Mark's. Oh, yeah. There's like mm. a, the Dumpling Man is right. I like was going to say the Dumpling yeah. Man. That's, that's my like, joint. That's your joint? All right. I was, she always makes fun of me, because I make a big deal out of the owner preparing lo mein just for me. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, he does that for everyone. <laughs> How about the most romantic location in New York City? Mm. Our know, apartment. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> On our first date. We had a discussion about graveyards and how we okay. really liked graveyards. And mine, my favorite one happens to be on 2nd Street between, is it between 1st and 2nd? 1st and A? I think it's 1st and 2nd. 1st and 2nd, um, yeah. But there's That's like right. an old-timey graveyard with like gravestones from like the 1700s, 1600s. Like it's just really cool. And we had our first kiss there. It's where we got engaged. He brought me there to, to give me the ring. So yeah. that's kind of our romantic we spot. We belong, dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> so we do something called the Pop 5 Rapid Fire. So I'm going to give you five pop culture-ish type um, words or things. And the first thing that comes to mind, and then you can give like a response to it. Okay. Um, number one, Sweden. Ugh. Uh, misinformed. Uh, liar. Uh, I thought Banks. Moron? Oh. Oh, you haven't been <laughs> on Twitter banks. today. No, I haven't been on Twitter today. <laughs> <laughs> Things are happening. America? Um, yeah. 
Um, number two, Twitter. Chatter. Endless chatter. Um, I have to I have to take time off from social media sometimes because it just gets to be too much for me. Yeah. He's always making fun of me because he's like, we're on different Twitters. Because he'll be like, have you heard about this, that? And it'll be like, I didn't hear yeah. about yeah. that. Because, you know, I follow theater people yeah. and he follows like... Yeah. Everything. Everything. I'd have to say frustrating. It's mm. a good one. Yeah. Number three, live action Beauty and the Beast. I, I'm really looking forward. That's the one with... Um, Hermione Granger, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Beauty and the Beast was one of my favorites when I was a kid. So I'm really looking forward to that. Hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I'll be watching it by yeah. myself. <laughs> That's not a date night. That's why we have two TVs. Night. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, number four is the FX show Feud. Oh, I really want to oh, see cannot that. Cannot wait. Yeah. Cannot that- wait. That I think that premieres the same week that our show opens. Yeah. So we may not get to see it all until uh, all about until those a few actresses episodes. and all about those trappings. Oh yeah. We love that time. That old Hollywood We're stuff. Big Betty yeah. Davis people. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So your team Betty Davis. Yeah, oh, yeah. we are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely we team think, Betty Davis. Yeah, we believe her. Yeah. <laughs> and number five is Frigid Festival. Oh man, I I feel so bad because I have not seen anything in the Frigid Festival yet this year. So we've been so busy with Kyle. Um, but well, there, are, there are like a few standouts, I think, this year that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Um, and I'm hoping that our next dark night from rehearsal, I can yeah. go down and see a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I think I'm only going to get to see one this year. Oh, really? But my other two um, writers are going. I yeah, think, you've got six, Ed so. and uh, Kyla, right? Kayla. Kayla? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I heard you've expanded. Yeah. I've expanded because Congrats. I can't do it all myself. Yeah, it's great. Ed used to do indie theater now, yeah. so. I'm excited to. I'm still looking for more people to even more expand. I mean, I get like 10 to 15 invites a day. A day? Really? Wow. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It is. Isn't that what it's awesome. about? It is. Yeah. And like, that's the thing. It's like being a part of drama desk now has opened my horizons and i'm able to go see the bigger shows Mm -hmm. but i just will never be able to let go of the indie theater scene because that's how i started and there aren't that many voices for it yeah and i just don't want to let that go and there's something Mm -hmm. magical about indie theater what they're able to accomplish with so little um Indie theater uh, succeeds in spite of things. Yeah. Where other theaters... Yeah, kind of... they, they persevere, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we do something where I have the previous guest ask a question to our next guest. <laughs> okay. So this is a question from Maria Dakotas. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh, man. So much. Um... This can be just general advice, right? Any advice you'd like. It's okay to be alone for a while. It's good advice. Yeah. I would tell mm-hmm. her not to worry so much about what other people think. Mm-hmm. It's good advice. Yeah. So now collectively, the two of you mm-hmm. can ask my next guest a question. Who, do you I know who your you next guest um, is? I do, but I don't get let... Oh, you're not going to let us know? Oh. <laughs> That's the blind. Of it. It's I a like, blind yeah. question. Hmm. This could this may sound a little psychology. No, no, go for uh, it. You know, job aptitude test. But uh, <laughs> what do you feel is your greatest quality? It's a good one. Your greatest strength. Nice. I like that. Mm. All right. So let's share your social media. Where can we find mm. you and Kyle? Um, my Twitter is at Emily Owens PR. And I'm at, at Hollis James. 
and that's it. <laughs> Are you at Hollis Are, James NYC? No, no, I'm just at Hollis oh. James on, on the Twitter. Oh, wow. see, I don't even know you're going uh, yeah. Twitter. Wow. Um, yeah. Our website is hottrampproductions.com. And you can get tickets through you there. You can get tickets through there. You can see our beautiful cast on the website. You can hear a little mm -hmm. bit more about the company and our mission. And join our mailing uh, list. Join our mailing list. Um, we've been sending out discounts and stuff to the mailing list, so it's definitely worth joining Absolutely. that mailing list. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Kyle plays under St. Mark's March 9th through 25th, Thursday through Saturday at 7.30. If you have made it this far into the podcast, let us know by using... Hashtag the little hairs know and hashtag Team Betty Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thank you both for joining me. Thanks so thanks much for having us. Another big thanks to Hollis and Emily for joining me. Don't forget to visit our Patreon page for information on becoming a patron. And if you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterinthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk.